Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wild Gym Podcast. This is episode 7. Thanks so much for being a part of this so far. I will say this every week, like I said last week and week before, but I'm still so excited that this is happening. Um, This past week has actually been super packed for me with interviews, and it's just really exciting to see that momentum is still high and that I still have so much to learn and so many people to talk to, and I love it so much. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for the openness and willingness to share your stories if you have, um, and just for listening and letting me know how you feel about things. I really appreciate it. Anyway, this week I have another super special guest. This is Naima Beckles, who is a doula as well as a co-founder of For Your Birth that's based here in New York City. For Your Birth is the doula and childbirth education agency that I work with the most. This is Um, how I got my start here in New York as a doula. I reached out actually to the New York Metro Doula Group, which is our network of doulas here um, on Facebook primarily, that we all kind of use to talk shop and get support. But I had just moved to New York and had only had a few births under my belt and didn't really know how to start. So I joined this group and reached out asking for advice. And then Naima got in touch with me And we talked, and I ended up joining as her and her partner, Michelle's third doula. And that's all evolved into four-year birth, and it's been such a cool thing to be a part of. I've really gotten a really lovely mentorship out of the two of them, and it's it's just been awesome. And I'm so appreciative of their support and their guidance through this, because... New York is kind of like everything on steroids, even in the doula community. It's competitive and daunting, and there's just so much to navigate, and I don't think I could have done it without them. So thank you so much to both of you, and thanks so much to Naima to talk to me today. I really love this conversation. Uh, We get to hear Naima's birth stories and how she got started as a doula, why she chose home birth, which it all started really from an insult of her doctor, and uh, you'll hear about that. I don't want to ruin the surprise, but it's crazy, Uh, and I'm really actually grateful to her doctor for insulting her because otherwise it wouldn't have gotten such a powerful, wonderful human to be in this community, so I guess that's a silver lining. Um, Anyway, (laughs) we also talk about for your birth and how for your birth got started what it's hoping to do and how we're growing so much there's uh for your birth is partnered with city births which is a childbirth education agency in new york and that's really exciting um as naima talks about it's really important to to join forces with people and work as allies to get more support out there and uh, to cast a wider net and to just get the word out and we're all really excited that doula is no longer a word that people don't really know all the time it's certainly not everyone knows it but it's starting to become more common and that's so exciting because that just means more people are going to know their options so we talk a lot about that Um, we talk about sex ed and the different types of doulas and how a doula can be beneficial in your birth but in all all kind of aspects of the reproductive health time and spectrum so i won't waste any more time introducing this i really love this episode i think there's so much to learn here and so much to be said 
and I hope you love it as much as I do. Thanks so much to Naima for coming on and talking to me and for being such a wonderful mentor over the years. I'm endlessly appreciative. But I hope you enjoy this episode. Please let me know if you have any questions or feedback or thoughts. And you can check out For Your Birth at foryourbirth.com. And if you stay tuned to the end, I'll give you some more information on how you can reach out. Um, Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. a childbirth educator because my background was in teaching. I was a middle and high school teacher before having kids. And I thought that I would go back to the classroom after I gave birth the first time, but then realized that I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to go back to the classroom right away. So I thought about what could I do that would be flexible, um, that could still use my skill set, and that was becoming a childbirth educator. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I wanted to become become a childbirth educator because I didn't realize that I knew nothing about giving birth. I really just thought that I would go to the same doctor that I'd always gone to for all of my OBGYN appointments. Um, I would... When I went into labor, just go to the hospital and have a baby. And I just didn't have a good grasp on what options existed out there, what care could look like. Uh, So I got, after I had my first kid, I was like, if I am a person who's gone to college, has two degrees, has worked almost 10 years in a profession and has no idea about what to expect in birth, then there probably are a lot of people like me. So I got curious and I learned as much as I could. And then I decided to start teaching childbirth education. Awesome. Have you been around many people who'd given birth at the time? Uh, At the time, I had only been around my own birth. So 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 when, no, no. So I had never... (laughs) seen birth beyond my own before, uh, live and in person. I mean, I'd seen births on screen, but kind of through my fingers because I was like a little bit afraid of watching actual um, (laughs) births. But so then I got curious then about being a doula because I thought, well, if I'm going to teach childbirth education, I have to have seen births before settings like it's not just enough for me to have this textbook knowledge and to have not seen other people labor other people give birth so while I was studying to become a childbirth educator part of my course of study was to go out and be a doula so I attended a few births a handful of births just in that year that I was um, becoming a childbirth educator and I got to see births in hospital settings and I got to see births in home And then it became crystal clear that these two tracks together really made sense. It made sense to be a doula. So I pursued that training and got certified in that while also being a childbirth educator so that I could be on both ends of it. I could be in the classroom um, teaching expectant parents, 
uh, what to expect. And then I could also be supporting people wherever they were birthing their babies. Amazing. And um, so you had a doula, right? I had a doula in both of my births. So I gave birth at home. I had two planned home births. Um, I, at the time that I decided to have a home birth, I decided after watching what so many people like about my age and younger will say was the thing that changed their life. So after watching the business of being born, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I bring that up every episode so far. Cause I, I watched it and I was like, I'm, I need to do this. Yeah. After watching the business of being born. So let me back up a little bit. So my story toward becoming a doula and a childbirth educator and now one of the co-founders of For Your Birth is that in 2008, when I was pregnant with my first son, I -hmm. just thought that I was going to go to my doctor for all my appointments, go to the hospital, wherever he delivered. I didn't even know at the time, like where he delivered babies. I was just like, wherever that is, I'll go and I'll have my baby and it'll be (laughs) like, fine. I put zero thought planning into it I just was like this is just what people do this is what media has informed me of what I should do so I'll just go do it and I was 20 weeks pregnant and at a prenatal visit with my doctor and at that point someone had told me about the birthing center in the hospital at what was Mm -hmm. St. Luke's Roosevelt which is now Mount Sinai West and I Mm -hmm. asked my doctor about it I said hey that sounds like a good place for me to have my baby I'm low risk um, you know healthy pregnancy Uh, can I do that? Or will you support me in doing that? And he looked at me with disgust and said, would you ask a stewardess to fly an airplane? And I was just like, I don't really know what that means. Like, maybe I would if she could fly an airplane, (laughs) of course. Um, But I also knew exactly what that meant. meant, And he was making a very sexist comment. um, And he was saying that he was far more qualified to deliver babies in a hospital setting than any one of those people, presumably women who would deliver babies in a birthing center. I can't (laughs) believe that comment. That's so I know, I know. Uh, But it was the thing that changed my life. So uh, if there's a (laughs) silver lining on it, that's what it was. So I left that doctor's appointment pretty pissed and I called my mother and my mother was just like, well, fire him like what are you what are you doing like you're gonna go back why are you gonna do that and after you fire him watch this documentary called the business of being born and I was like okay I'll do both things so that same day I went home and I watched this documentary I was completely skeptical skeptical about it because I was like Ricky Lake what is she going to talk about that's going to inform me (laughs) Um, but I watched it and I was like oh Ricky Lake you've completely redeemed yourself in my book for (laughs) all of the things you put on TV before thank you very much and um, it I learned that midwives were a real thing so right now I'm embarrassed to say but I will say it that I didn't know that midwives were a real option. Like I didn't know that that was something that people currently in our modern society would, that was the care that people would use for birth. Like I had completely been brainwashed to believe that that was substandard care 
And instantly I was like, I had new information and new set of eyes called my mother back. And she was like, Oh yeah. Um, do you know that you come from a line of midwives? And I was like, I was like, no, I had no idea. And she was like, yes, your great grandmother was a midwife. Your grand, both grandmothers were nurses. Like, like this is something that is part of who we are in our culture and tradition. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to find midwives now. And that's that's what I did. So I interviewed both hospital and um, home birth midwives. And I didn't have a strong position then that I wanted a home birth. I just knew that I wanted midwifery care. And it just Mm -hmm. so happened that the midwives who I connected to the most and who were available for my due months were Karen and Martine of JJB midwifery okay and they happened to be home birth midwives and I thought great (laughs) let's let's do this and um it was perfect uh my husband was completely on board I made him watch the business of being born too and he was like yep that's what we're doing and I think (laughs) at the time he felt even more strongly than I did about home birth um I was still like well maybe you know, we can work with midwives, but in a hospital, but he was completely convinced that um, a home birth would be like suitable to us and what, um, like the kind of care that we desired. And he was right. And so I birthed that home that first time and then the second time. And um, even as I was choosing home birth, midwives I didn't know what a doula was so it wasn't as if the two were (laughs) spoke of like simultaneously like maybe in that film I don't know I haven't watched it in a long time maybe there are doulas in it I'm sure there are yeah I don't don't actually think that they mentioned right right there so so I had so doulas hadn't made an impression on me and it wasn't until I was now like 30 weeks pregnant that I was in a class a yoga class where the yoga instructor said that she had just trained as a doula And she would love to, like, talk to us about attending our birth. And I didn't really understand the words coming out of her mouth. I was like, I don't know what she's talking about, but I like her, and it sounds good, and she's saying that she wants to come to my birth. Okay. So I went to talk to her after class, and she told me what doulas were. She told me what her training was. She said that, like, she could come and work with me in my house and support me. And I had already had the experience of the the home birth midwives coming to me in my home to do all of my prenatal care. And I thought, another person to do this? This is fantastic. Yes. Like, I pretty much hired her on the spot. Um, awesome. She had only been to one birth prior to mine and I thought that that was great (laughs) I just I (laughs) I didn't feel like I needed I just I was new to to learning all about this but she had such enthusiasm and such excitement and I already knew like who she was because I'd taken classes with her I knew that I liked her so it was really really great um and I always tell now that I'm a doula I, I share that story a lot with potential clients like I tell them that when I hired doula she had been to one birth and she was amazing um and it's not so much about how many births people attend it's more about just the skill set that they can bring to your birth the knowledge and the passion and the energy Definitely. I mean, yeah, that's something that you have always said, um, like as I've worked with 
for your birth and especially starting out in the beginning and not having many, um, that a lot of people like fixate on that. Why do you think that is? I think people fixate on that number because somewhere out on the internet, they're told to. And I think, so I, I, I think that there are, there are these bullet points that get recirculated online about what to ask in your doula interview. So when people are looking mm-hmm. for doulas, um, it's uh, like if you search, like, how do I find a doula or questions for an interview? People don't know how to do this. And, and, and so there's there's right. a there's a template out there that says, ask your doula how many births she's been to. And so that's why people do it. <laughs> they don't. It's so <laughs> because no one, no one <laughs> asks their OB or even their midwives, like how many births they've right. been to. It's just, exactly. that's my theory, at least. I think that it comes from, like, these instructions that people are getting when they Google online. Yeah, yeah. And then we, as doulas, kind of feed into that because um, we set up these tiers and we we spell out, like, underneath the names of doulas on, uh, on websites, like, they've been to this range of births and it's so arbitrary. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like I gave... I almost better care in the beginning because I was just like so ready to do anything, I know, you know. I know, and I actually tell clients that all the time when they yeah. call me. Yeah. I was like, you do like unlimited prenatal right, visits. Right, and... right. Your, your brand new doula is going to spend all 40 hours with you because that's what we all do in the yeah. beginning. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> So yeah, um, so I'm sorry, okay. segue, but back, back to your birth. Yeah, no, no. So yeah, I, I mean, the end of the story is just that I, in the course of that first pregnancy for my first son, like I had all the, I had all these opportunities to learn about the care out there that exists for pregnant people and their, their support, their, their families that I had no idea was even here and I just it just blew my mind to think that the majority of people having babies at that time at least 10 years ago like didn't know that that was an option didn't know to look for it and it was just that I stumbled upon it at every turn and I felt so lucky to have gotten that um Mm -hmm. I mean I I play this game of imagining like what my experience could have been with that care provider who was obviously not for me, not very good, um, wouldn't have given me the care that I ended up with. Like what could have happened to me in that experience? Um, Like it makes me, it makes me sad to think about that. So I feel so super fortunate. So in my work now as a doula, childbirth educator and the person who runs um, one of the people who runs for your birth, like I'm always aware of just wanting to give people so many choices and wanting to give people um, information that could potentially shift their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, when people have kind of like a, a negative birth experience or something happens that seems like it shouldn't have happened when you think about like, well, if the care provider was different, would this have happened mm-hmm. still? And it's, of course, hard to say, but I, yeah, I think it's such a huge thing to factor in. Um, how, how did you find your midwives when you were doing that? Like what sort of re- sorts of resources were there for you to help you find one? Um, it, 
there I didn't I don't think there were a lot of resources out there. So I I, I believe that I was told, and I don't remember who told me that. 10 years ago in 2008, there were just six home birth midwives practicing wow. in New York City. Um, something like that. A really low number. Um, again, I don't know if that was true or not. But after, after watching the business of being born and um, uh, the, the midwife, the home birth midwife who's featured in that film, her name is slipping me right now. Um, you remember it? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, uh, I wonder if she's still practicing. She, I mean, we've had um, at least one client at Four Year Birth who um, used her as a midwife, and Michelle attended that birth. Um, okay. So within the last five years, like she was still attending births. Um, I can't remember her name right now. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, her name will come to me, but. After I watched the business of being born, I think I was talking about it to everyone. And I told, I was at dinner at my in-laws house and I was talking to people who were there about the, the movie. And there was a woman who was the partner of my brother-in-law's employer at the time who said, oh, the woman in that, the midwife in that video delivered my babies at home. You should call her. So... <laughs> So she gave me her number and I did call her. But at that time, that midwife was super popular and really booked. Yeah. And I was like midway, like already past my 20th week, um, maybe like close to 30 weeks by then. And she was just like, nope, not available. Uh, and, um, and then from her, I asked, well, do you know other home birth midwives? And she gave me another name. And so I called her. And so I just called people until I found, until I got to Karen and Martine. And really it was that most folks were already booked, um, by the time I was looking, but Karen and Martine had a spot for me and that's how, yeah, that's how I got, got them. And what was your care like with them? It was brilliant. <laughs> My care was perfect. Yeah. It was uh, one of them would come, they would alternate. So one would come to my apartment for a prenatal visit and do all my vitals, like listen to the baby's heart, um, ask me questions, sit on the couch and chit chat. Uh, it was just great. <laughs> I mean, and it, it was perfect. I mean, there were a few times that I needed to get labs done. And so they would send me off for blood work or a sonogram or I needed a, like a heart scan because I had a heart murmur previously. And so it was just like, let's make sure that all these things aren't going to present potential uh, problems or risk you out of this home birth. And so, yeah, I, I went to have all those things done and it was great. I mean, it was the most comprehensive and thorough and personalized uh, clinical care I've ever had. That's amazing. So different than that doctor. Yeah, <laughs> so different. No one ever insulted me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, so awful. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but, um, mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. No, no I was just going to say, by the time I was having my second, like we felt like family during those visits. And I had a two-year-old at the time and like he would take part in the 
exam or you know the visits too that was super fun it was a really fun time was he there for your second birth no um he was still sleeping like I gave birth while like early early in the morning he was in the house but he wasn't like a part of the birth he wasn't there okay I'm always curious how that works. Um, yeah, with other other children, yeah, it seems like yeah. it could be tricky. It but... could be tricky. We had so many plans just in case, like plans yeah. plans for him. Um, but it just so happened that my labor was through the night, and I delivered before he woke up, and it was not an That's issue. Perfect. Yeah, it was pretty perfect. <laughs> um, and so then from there, when did you become a doula? I became a doula after I attended births just with an eye toward completing my childbirth education um, mm-hmm. uh, training. Uh, after I started attending births that way, I went for the doula training um, because I wanted to do both at the same time. Or I wanted to both attend births and, um, and teach. So I became a doula I guess within the same year that I became a childbirth educator. Okay. And what kind of childbirth education do you do? Is it like any particular type style? No, not not a particular style. I was trained by Lamaze. So I really take in um, like the framework that birth is a normal thing that happens. Um, Here's what you can expect that you know, what's literally happening in your body. Um, And it's information for expecting parents to navigate the whole system. So navigating uh, how to prepare to go into labor, how to cope and manage labor, how to cope and manage the logistics of being perhaps outside of your home when you're giving birth and in the like hospital situation, how to advocate for yourselves, how to, it's a lot of, this is what you do and how you do it Um, Mm -hmm. and playing out many different scenarios, Um, getting people to ask lots and lots of questions that they're wondering about um, so that they could just have a frame of reference when they go into the experience and they're not going into the experience completely like fresh and without any preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it's necessary to do a childbirth education class? I think that it's extremely helpful. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, necessary feels strong to say, but right. I would <laughs> recommend that everyone having a baby do it, uh, especially if you're doing it in a highly medicalized setting where you probably haven't gotten a whole, whole lot of individual attention before. Um, yeah. yeah. Right, so if you're planning home birth with a couple of very attentive midwives and a doula may be less necessary to take a childbirth preparation class because they're preparing you along the way and they're 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 able to do that in a way that care that that's highly medicalized can't do yeah absolutely yeah they're not I mean I feel like a lot of the I mean the childbirth education we do as doulas of just, you know, preparing people for what to expect and all the options that could come up or what happens if this happens, like that doesn't really happen when you're having a home birth with a midwife. Right. There's less, I feel like there's less surprises. Right. That's right. Yeah. And also when you're, you're planning a home birth with a midwife, you're also having a very low risk, um, normal pregnancy. 
Um, and that's not right. always the case. It's ma- the majority of the time it's the case for people birthing in hospitals. But when the risks are a little bit higher, it becomes even more um, important that you kind of know your options and get a lay of the land before you go in there to do it. Right, right. So, uh, and then starting out as a doula, how did you how did you start practicing? So I know you and Michelle met in doula training and then yeah we did we met in doula training um and I remember just I remember meeting Michelle in that training uh and then seeing her a couple of times afterwards around the city in kind of new doula networking spaces and what I remember is that we would occasionally like make eye contact when something in the room was said like about whenever there was a reference made to like long being at birth for a really long time or like having to manage your doula business all by yourself like we would always just kind of lock eyes like oh my god I don't want to do that that sounds really really hard (laughs) (laughs) and so I don't remember exactly when we started to talk but what brought us together was that we shared this idea that we did not want to be doulas in solo practice out there running our own little businesses and managing all these clients and attending births and being on call all by ourselves. I I just, I thought that was crazy. Like I just like, why would I want to do that when I keep entering rooms and spaces filled with doulas? Why don't we team up and do this (laughs) rather than taking this on by ourselves? Um, So I've never been really, uh, a person who's extremely competitive, like in a singular way, like I've never really like wanted to go out and do something by myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just was natural to me to team up with somebody else. And Michelle had that idea too, that she didn't really want to be a doula alone. So we formed then what we called it, um, NYC doula partners. And we were, two doulas who worked in partnership. So we, uh, we um, took on all of the same clients with the understanding that one of us would be at the birth. Possibly one would tag the other one out if the birth got really um, challenging or went for a long time. But yeah, partnership was the way that we wanted to work. I think, yeah, I mean, of course, I think that makes so much sense. I don't know how people do it just on their own. I don't know either. Or why. Or why, yeah, (laughs) why. And this idea, I mean, of partnership, partly it was inspired by Karen and Martine of JJB Midwifery. Like They were two midwives who attended the births together and really just had each other's back. At least that's how they used to work. Um, by the time I had my second baby with them, they, they were still partners, but they both weren't in the room at the same time when um, I was giving birth, but they still kind of shared the on-call schedule. And that was one of the things that really sold me on them because they were supporting each other so that they could fully support me and all their other clients. And that made complete sense. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about that now. I, I kind of assume that most midwives do practice like that. So what happens if with midwives if you only have the one and then they can't be there? They have a backup that they send. Oh. And, okay, and I so think just like doulas. Just like doulas. It, it, I mean, and just like doulas, I think what 
sometimes happens, if not often happens, is that the client doesn't know who that backup is and, you know, hasn't heard her name before, isn't even confident that you know them well. Um, And she'll show up, which is fine. But I say, like, why not just put that out there from the onset? Like, why pretend that you don't need backup when we all do? Right, right. <laughs> so have it secure before you take on clients and let the clients know this is the situation and um, doesn't it make sense? <laughs> I, I just, I don't, we don't encounter co- clients who say that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, occasionally clients will say, you know, I really want to work with just one doula and great. Like that's everyone, there's a doula for everyone, but I just, yeah. I believe yeah, in I, I believe in teamwork. I think that we're so much better at what we can do when we have other people to rely upon. Absolutely. And it's just more brains to to It's more brains, it's more support for everyone. Um whenever I'm with a group of doulas, I've been noticing now for as long as I've been doing this, and I've only been doing this for 5 years, but whatever doulas get together, they just want to talk to each other about the work that they're doing um, or about the challenges that they're facing or about more different opportunities to get information or resources. And I think it exi- it's like that because we work in silos and we don't have opportunities to come together. So I would, the, the thing that I want to change from the inside out in the doula world is to just give doulas more opportunities to come together and to rely upon each other and to support one another. Since the majority of us are women and many of us are people who are, if not supporting families, then doing other work to make the doula work viable. Mm-hmm. So we need to lean, lean on each other. Definitely. Yeah. And so that's been such a part of, well, NYC Doula Partners been a four-year birth. Um, so I'd, I would love to hear about how that has grown and, like, where it started and where you're at with it all now. Because it's gotten huge. It's gotten, yeah, it's growing and it's really exciting. So we started yeah. with just Michelle and me attending births. And we did that together for about a year and a half or so until we thought, hey, there might be a little bit more work out there than we can um, manage ourselves. Why don't we see if we can bring on another doula? And Kaylee, you were our first other doula. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so yeah, we did that. And we just like very slowly and carefully started to expand when we thought that we had the need. And what I love about working with Michelle is that we are very aware of this process as being like raising a family or a kid. Like you just do the best that you can um, as honestly and as carefully as you can, knowing that you're going to make mistakes, but hopefully those mistakes will, um, they'll like, it'll all work out in the end. And, And we just, we were, also so conscious of just bringing in doulas with that understanding like we're gonna mess this up and when we do we're gonna tell you and we're gonna ask for you to forgive us and help us make it better um and so yeah it's just been that this kind of project toward that 
just making it better, making it better slowly and with everyone's kind of interest at heart. Um, so t right now, I think we are, we have seven or eight doulas who are um, working within the group and getting clients and like attending births, teaching classes, uh, doing postpartum work, supporting one another, uh, coming together. How, how have you been able to grow it? I mean, I think like, especially this past year, it's gotten, it's just grown so much. So I'm curious how and like what, yeah, what your dreams have been for it and all that's manifesting. Yeah, well, we've got, we've been able to grow it grow through it. a lot of support. Um, so there's been lots of work that we've done and lots of people who've helped us. So last year I took a class with the Harlem Business Alliance um, where I was part of a cohort of women in Harlem who are entre entrepreneurs and like building businesses. Mm -hmm. And in that class, I really got to develop and got support around like identifying what for your birth is and where we want to go with it. Uh, and like the last year, that group has just provided so many opportunities, opened so many doors for us to just like step right through and like get attention through media and through opportunities. Like um, next Tuesday, we're gonna be at the Harlem Whole Foods doing a little workshop on um, food prep for new parents. And like just those kind of things have just gotten us out there, gotten people like interested and has shown potential clients that you know we're an option for for care and for support in New York City and um, I think that's what that's what the doula landscape and the childbirth and landscape needs just all the options for people to make their choices yeah absolutely and how like so um, I, I don't know if it's okay to mention the New York Times article, the op-ed that you wrote. Yeah, I mean, I, I submitted a piece. Of course, it's fine to, to mention okay. it. Yeah, no, there's, there's so much um, energy right now around talking about doulas and talking about how we could potentially stand alongside clinicians um, when supporting people through their births, through their labors in the postpartum and the prenatal stages, as particularly women of color um, with an emphasis mm -hmm. on black women for whom maternal and infant rates are abysmal. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, in that article that you wrote, um, you ask the question right away, how do we educate and inspire confidence in the woman who are our country's most vulnerable pregnant population, and you say to um, tell them that they have options. So I feel like um, it's it's hard to reach everybody, right? As doulas, like how how can we let everyone get in on this and know that they're that we exist and we're here for them? Right, that's a great question, and I think the way to do it is to just keep informing people. So whenever yeah. someone says into a microphone the word doula, I jump up and down because so many yeah. people are now going to at least say, wait, what's that word? Or there's that word again. I'm hearing it. Or 
oh yeah, doulas, right, that's an option. And so Governor Cuomo said that <laughs> into a microphone yeah. this week, and it was amazing. It, it's, it's, it's really amazing. So I think education, like just getting, getting the information out there is going to be really, really key. Um, Michelle's mother says something all the time to us that I think is so smart, which is that doulas right now will be what yoga instructors and studios were 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, like yoga instructors, yoga studios were pretty rare. They, They were, and they were strange and people didn't really understand the word. They didn't understand what it meant to have a yoga practice, to be a yogi, to do these strange poses and make these sounds and breathe in a weird way. But now it is a part of our culture that everyone has completely embraced. Like lots of people yeah. know what yoga is. There's a yoga studio, at least in New York City, like within blocks of so many, within so many neighborhoods. Like there are um, places where people can get yoga instruction or they can talk to someone who has a home practice. Like they, the, yoga is a part of our, our discourse, our language that we use. And so I'm imagining a future where doulas can be the same thing. Um, and we're building that now and it's just getting out there. But 10 years ago, it wasn't a part of the conversation. Like it's becoming a part today. And I think in 10 more years will be what yoga was in the next. That's, yeah, that's such a great analogy. I think that's really true. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's so exciting yeah. to think about that. Yeah, I feel like there's, I'm meeting a lot of people that are, you know, around my age who are kind of like, I don't really know what else to do with myself. And I feel like this is something that's important. So I'm going to do a doula training. And I'm like, yeah, do it. It's great. We need more. Yeah. Of them. Well, I, I <laughs> remember the first time that I met you that I was so impressed that you had done a doula training, um, really comprehensive doula training. And like you just understood, like I, I think you were the first person who I met who was younger and like closer to having been out of college and knew this work and was immersed in it. And I was like, how did that happen? Like, like <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, that's really exciting because I don't know anyone like that. And it took me until I was practically like near the end of my pregnancy, at the end of my pregnancy before I even learned it by accident yeah yeah most I mean now I'm just finding I'm I don't have to say like yeah doula is the same as a midwife because people are as you know they always say that what's a doula is it just like a midwife and yeah but now that now they get it they understand the difference yeah someone I spoke to um last week she uh, said that um like doulas are the social workers of the birth world and I think that's Mm. a really nice way to think about it as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. I sometimes say that doulas are project managers for your birth. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that resonates with a lot of people who are skeptical of what we do and, and but also get like task management <laughs> and they get yeah. that. Yeah, the, there are lots of pieces that are at play in a birth, so they someone needs to manage them. And oh yeah, doula can do that. Great. And that's such a New York personality. Yeah, type. yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And it's also a very kind of pragmatic way to think about it. Like it, like doulas, just like yogis, are sometimes mm-hmm. thought of in this very kind of ethereal, like metaphysical, existing in a different space and time Definitely. realm. <laughs> and yeah, we can go there, but we don't spend all of our time there. Like, right. like a lot of the time is looking at the clock, counting those contractions, right. <laughs> figuring out like how much time is it going to get us uh, take us across that bridge. Like we're we're managing, we're task managing. Definitely. Um, that kind of makes me think about um, like the type of people you like to support. You know, I feel like there's some. I don't know. A lot of doulas have like an ideal client. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's something that you've had? I do have an ideal client. Like, so I, and not just I, like Michelle and I want to speak directly to people who are perhaps in the margins and not really feeling like this type of support and care is for them. And Mm. all that, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about people who might not be able to afford the service. So I'm talking like, I'm really it's like talking to people who were me 10 years ago, who just like, sure, I would get on board with a doula if someone told me what it was and made it like make sense and practical to me. Like, yeah, great. So like someone who is, um, who just doesn't know that she needs the support, but would benefit tremendously from the support. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you find them? I feel like that's really the people that we've gotten to work with through for your birth as well, honestly. Oh, great. Um, so how yeah. do we find them? I, I mean, yeah. I guess we just appeal to the folks who, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's that manifestation. Like we, 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 we've dreamed them up and they've shown up for us. It's cool. Yeah. I, I really like that about it. Like I, I, you know, people I might meet new clients always ask about like the types of births I've gone to and they're all pretty similar in the way that it's just, you know, people who we're kind of educating them on what we do through the process and guiding them maybe a bit more than someone who is, totally already like natural birth minded or Mm -hmm. yeah they're just more open to whatever experience comes yeah yeah and yeah I think in a lot of ways like both Michelle and I like we're we're appealing to like people who we recognize as being like who we are (laughs) you know so so if that's like a woman of color uh, living here in New York City, who might be away from her family, um, and is like goal oriented, has her like ducks in a row, um, but doesn't even know that this exists and that it could help her, but she's open to the help. Great. Um, or and or like within that same framework, like queer families who might think that this isn't exactly for them because they're not straight. Like they hang out in the margins and people won't understand uh, like this, what might be unique about their births. Like, nope, we're talking to you too. This is here for you too. And like, and it's, um, it's something that we want people to, to access and see that the people who are delivering the services could look similar to the people receiving the services. Yeah, 
I, I really like that idea, that model. It's been important, I think. Yeah, and when you guys started, did you have postpartum services as well, or was it just the birth support? It was just the birth support primarily. Uh, I became a postpartum doula. I think I did, I did postpartum doula training before I did birth doula training, but I didn't support that many um, births as a postpartum. I mean, that many families postpartum. I did some. Uh, so when we had people who wanted postpartum services, I did that. And Michelle mm. started doing breastfeeding work before I did. And once she kind of got that certification, she started doing a lot more of those consults. So we just slowly grew. And um, yeah, we just slowly kind of got gathered up experiences, education, so that we could then disseminate. I, I Do you think the postpartum side of things has been something that's grown a lot more recently? Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't as common before, but I, I think it's so important, of course. And did you have a postpartum doula or a postpartum support at all in your birth? No, and it's, it's what I needed so yeah. much. And I just, <laughs> so enough that, so my experience there also informed like how, for your birth exists now as a one-stop shop for all the things that you might need um, or much of many of the things that you might need. So I didn't have postpartum support, but I badly needed it. And I remember trying to Google and research postpartum doulas like within the seven minutes I had before my baby would wake up and I'd have to breastfeed again. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I just remember like the computer being out on the couch and putting in the Google like postpartum doulas near me and like not being able to find anyone and figure it out. (laughs) And I certainly wasn't going to like, I I couldn't figure it out over the computer. So how was I going to interview someone and set up times? It just was too hard. Yeah. Uh, I really needed someone to tell me beforehand that that would have, that probably would be something that I could use and, you know, just purchase one package, 10 or 12 hours is nothing. Right. Um, yeah. So we want to get that informa- information out for people out to people sooner so that they could at least have contact or have support already in place so that when they're in the thick of things, they're not having to figure that all out on their own. And that's um, one thing that I've been kind of asking everyone who works in the birth world is how how do you think we can reach people sooner to realize that they have the options and that there are all these things out there. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to align ourselves with the primary care providers that our clients are using. So we have to have relationships with their OBs and we have to have relationship with their midwives. And those people who are on the front lines ought to be counseling in their patients to like thinking about the support that they could benefit from. Um, so if, if our potential client has heard from her doctor that, you know, getting, um, meeting a doula who could do 10 hours of postpartum support with her in the first couple of weeks, then she's going to be much more inclined to then hire a doula because her doctor told her to 
go investigate. Um, right. So I think that's that's a place like we have to show up as being a part of the same network, same team as the frontline people. Yeah, I have people often asking their doctors, you know, in the beginning, if it's if their doctors are okay with having a doula. And for the most part, I feel like they say yes. But I've been hearing a little bit here and there of some doctors like not really being on board or not totally trusting us. Yeah, I hear that, too. And it's not my experience. And I don't know if like if you're if you're similar, it sounds like you might be. But yeah, it's like it's a bit. I don't know if it's mythology, it probably isn't, but it might be blown blown into bigger proportion than it actually is. Or if people have that mindset, then they keep going to look for it to reconfirm it. But I I don't recall times being in the room where I felt like the doctor didn't want me in the room. If anything, like the doctor just didn't care one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and more often, I've like gotten smiles and compliments and high fives from doctors. Then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think they appreciate us being there because it makes their jobs look a bit easier. Yeah, totally, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. I think that's right. And I mean, we can be doulas too who can change that narrative. Like we can say doctors love it when we're in the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, rather than there are doulas out there who hold on to the narrative that they don't and that that's powerful um and it gets said again and again and we don't need to play into that i don't want to play into that until a doctor has said to me i don't want you in this room i'm not going to repeat that they don't want us in the room right (laughs) (laughs) and it's never happened (laughs) well so then i mean that emphasis on the doctor you know support now we're partnered up with City Births. Mm-hmm. Would you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So City Births has been a childbirth education provider in New York City for seven years now. And I've taught childbirth education classes at City Births for four, maybe close to five of those years, about four years. And um, recently we became their partners who provide the doula services. So when um, clients of City Births are looking for doulas and they are, are looking through City Births for doula referrals, City Births is going to refer for your birth and our doulas for postpartum work and for um, birth doula support. And that's really, really exciting. It's really yeah. exciting. That's amazing. Yeah, it just means that we get to cast a wider net and potentially reach more people um, and all those families. It's just so, so wonderful to think about all those families who are looking for options and they're, that now they have more. Yeah, it's great. And some doctors I've been hearing from people I've interviewed with, and I always ask how they found us. And um, they've been saying that their doctor has referred that we're on lists of yeah, 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 it's just super cool. Yeah, we've worked on that for a while, like just trying to build relationships with different practices around the city, leaving them our information so that when their patients do say, hey, who are the doulas that you know and trust, they could say, for your birth, they have doulas that we know and trust. Yeah, it's so important for yeah providing the vetted services. Right, right. And that's what I mean by like like being close to, I think it's really, really important to have 
relationships with those people, with the, with those doctors and those midwives who are the people who are clients are trusting first <laughs> to provide them with the care that they need to have um, through their pregnancies and their births. Um, yeah. I'm curious what you think about the, um, all the talk about creating like actual job positions for doulas in hospitals. Mm. How do you feel about that? I don't really know what the conversation is about. So I don't, I mean, I've, I've heard just people say exactly what you said, but I don't know yeah. anything else. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a ton of information on it yet. So I'm kind of trying to wait to form a full opinion. Yeah. But... Yeah. I have no idea what that means. I mean, I mean, jobs for doulas could be great yeah (laughs) doula more doula access for more people also could be great I mean what I again like the thing that gets me most excited is that do the word doula the idea and the concept is it's being defined and it's getting really clear and to the public and I care so deeply about that yeah I I think, I mean, I totally agree. And I think ideally it would mean that, yeah, we can have kind of more sustainable jobs and everyone can have access to a doula, which is incredible. But I would worry that it would kind of take away the fact of us being like that outside support. And, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, especially when people have like kind of trickier relationships with their care providers and I feel like they can kind of get through it a little bit better when they have a doula, but if we're in the same position and that person is now technically our boss, what happens? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of questions um, to ask about what this could mean. There are things, places where we get excited, but like you said, it's too soon. And and the sentence that you just asked me is what I've heard too. And I was like, I have no idea what that means, but. (laughs) <laughs> but we're talking seems... about doulas so that's important <laughs> right yeah yeah and, I mean yeah just the fact that there's a headline out there that's saying that there could be doula care is incredible for yeah us right yeah it just means that people are now like oh what's that word yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah yeah I think any any publicity yeah. for doulas is great I'm talking later on this afternoon uh to a radio show host named Toya Beasley. She's on 103.9 FM, I think. And she's mm-hmm. having me on to talk about doulas. And again, like, great. Like, I'm going to be on the FM radio station saying the word doulas. And I know that she's going to ask me about the headline from Cuomo. And what I'll tell her again is that people are talking about doulas. That's really important. I don't know yeah. what it means that, you know, the governor wants an initiative to begin a pilot program where recipients of Medicaid could be covered, could have doula services covered. I have no idea what that's going to look like, but we're talking about it. So that's progress over the day before when we weren't talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, And then, so for, I'm guessing this will, this conversation you'll be having is like for a, much, a wider audience and people who probably don't know what doulas are. How do you talk to those people about what doulas do? I talk to it to talk to them in like the simplest, most pragmatic terms. And like again, what I said to you a little earlier is that 
this is a choice that many people don't know that they have. I didn't know that I had it um, until it was just presented to me accidentally. And what it is, it's just more help, which is what everyone having a baby needs is help. And we've kind of stripped back that help when birth went to the hospital. Like we used to have this built in, like aunties and mothers and sisters would gather around when it was time to have a baby and just like help out whoever it was, probably a midwife, um, mm-hmm. catching that baby. Uh, so yeah, I try to talk about it in like those just kind of very simple, basic terms. It's help. It's project management for your birth because birth, as you've heard, many people have heard, is is often a hard time yeah. or a challenging time. And what do you think is like the, the best benefit of having a doula or benefits? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it can be so different for so many people. I, I mean, I can speak personally for me having another set of eyes and hands and ears in the room set put me at ease and really really put my partner at ease and when the room is at ease birth works better than when the room is tense definitely um so that was the benefit for me Um, And I would imagine that people could just point to so many other benefits that maybe I haven't even considered. Yeah. And um, it's bringing up the partner is nice because I I do think that a lot of people feel like it's not for them as a partner Mm -hmm. or just feel like kind of left out of it. Mm -hmm. How do you bring them into the conversation? Uh, I, again, talk from my own experience, and I say that my partner in birth was probably more grateful for the doula than I was, <laughs> <laughs> and he would probably say that he is a stronger advocate for doulas than I am, and I'm a pretty <laughs> strong advocate for doulas, um, and it was just because it it meant that he didn't have to shoulder the burden of this brand new experience all on his own, which is really, really hard and really scary. And it's a tremendous amount of pressure to put someone under without any preparation. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. I, I, of course, like, I don't know how anybody gives birth without a doula, but, and I always say that to people and I'm biased, but I really, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the people, um, I, I like am very curious to reach or the people who just never do and never think about it yeah. and I remember yeah. being at a birth I don't know pretty recently but um, we were in triage and she was in the actual room and I was in the waiting room and there was a woman who was there with her daughter who had just really started labor and was at the hospital because that's what you're told to do I guess and um, she was only like a centimeter dilated and labor hadn't really happened and this woman was so curious about what we were doing and how she'd been home for a while with me laboring there for hours and hours. And she's like, but isn't she afraid? Like, wouldn't she be afraid to just be at home? Um, And I think that perspective is so interesting and it's come up a lot. And I'm curious, uh, like how, how have you helped people kind of not be afraid through this work? Uh, I don't know that I can help them not be afraid, but I, but I, but I can, I can model a lot for people 
um, like mm-hmm. how to be. So I think doulas, the, the phrase uh, holding space for a long time had been really confusing to me. I didn't understand what that meant. And it's, a, it's, it's mm-hmm. something that doulas like, go back to oftentimes to talk about. But what, I've, what I think I, it means, or at least what it means to me, is like, being the person in the room who is completely aware of her body and feels like the situation is all right. And even if it's not all right, this is how, well, this is one option for how we can move in it. And, mm-hmm. and if I can model that for people when things look scary, but I'm not flipping out, then, mm-hmm. then like that's good. Because again, like birth is going to work really well when the environment is not tense so if we can um like if i can be the one who's breathing evenly and deeply i can be the one who's bringing my the tone of my voice down and um you know my eyes are soft and my jaw is loose like that effect can reach and touch all the other people in the room especially the laboring person absolutely yeah I, yeah, I think it's so, so, so powerful. And I also didn't understand what holding space meant for a really long time. I, and I remember having some like very frustrating bursts, feeling like I wasn't doing anything and then being told just the holding space is all you need to do. And, um, it really is, it's true. I think it's, yeah, powerful. Did you feel like you were in that state of fear giving birth? Like, how did you kind of restructure that whole framework that we have for ourselves yeah that's really great question to ask um I don't remember feeling afraid in birth at all um that's amazing but I don't know don't trust my memory I don't know (laughs) 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 um but my, my preparation for birth was supported by midwives. So I think that really plays a lot into how I felt about going into it. Um, and I also didn't have, I didn't have anyone else's fear immediately around me. So I was fully supported by my mother, my in-laws, like my partner like no one was telling me that this was dangerous this was crazy you can't have a home birth so I didn't internalize anyone else's fear too which I don't think is the norm um but that just happened to have been like my um my experiences um in my life like prior to giving birth to two kids I miscarried and I remember feeling really afraid then and like, I could have benefited, like, I didn't know what a doula was, but I could have benefited from a doula um, tremendously. Yeah. Um, like that was like, that, that was a type of like reproductive birth experience where, you know, there was a lot of fear in my body. And years and years before that, when I was in college, I chose to have an abortion when I was pregnant for the very first time. And that was another time when I was like, really super afraid and could have benefited from someone who was a neutral party just supporting me and telling me it was going to be all right and walking me through all the steps um so there, there there's another 
that's another time when like fear like kind of took over and I needed more help and more support and didn't have it. Did you have any sort of support through those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had really great support. Um, when I was in college and was making the decision to terminate, my, both my parents were incredibly supportive. Um, I, like, after I told my roommate, like, I called my parents and got them both on the phone and talked to them. And, like, they just really, really walked me through options and were completely, completely like on board with me terminating and I was away in Virginia at college and my parents I remember them saying like you're not gonna have here you're gonna come home to California (laughs) (laughs) that's good (laughs) yeah and I didn't really I mean I wasn't I think just because of the state of mind that I was in I was in a very kind of narrow state of mind where I wasn't pulling back to see like the whole bigger social political picture that I didn't in that moment understand what that meant I thought that they were just saying no come home like be with us yeah but clearly they were saying like no this is it's much safer for you and everyone definitely if you are in this state um uh so like that was a huge huge gift and while like I could have like I didn't if I had known that there were full spectrum doulas, if I had even heard of the word before, if like someone had given me that information, like I would have had a doula with me. I had my mother with me um, and that was great and fine, but still there's something about having a neutral party or a party who's not like someone who doesn't know your whole history Mm -hmm. um, with you when you're making big choices and big decisions like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I'd I'd imagine that both of those then are such a part of you being a doula now and doing this work. Yeah, yeah. Have you done any, like, termination or loss support? I've never done a termination. um, Not because I haven't wanted to. This just hasn't been um, the clients that I've worked with. I I did um, a miscarriage loss support almost just by accident like one of my closest friends miscarried and I was spending the day with her as it was happening and like I was her doula yeah um and like what I learned about that was that like that like she was experiencing the types of like similar pain and intensity and contractions like like the way that our, our bodies birth um a live baby and yes she was yeah so that was that was really really interesting um and I was super grateful for having that experience yeah that seems like such a good educational experience yeah I've I've attended a stillbirth as a doula um like yeah recently I did and I did that just just once so that was with a client who like fully intended she it was a full term or pretty close to full term stillbirth delivery and it was an yeah. induction yeah it was an induction and you know that that was a time where I really learned like I had to dig deeply into like my my own experiences with loss so that like I was prepared for just what like what people could feel and move through and the different emotions um, 
like in the room as it was happening and it like it was probably like the the birth where I felt super privileged and grateful to have been brought into that space to be the support person. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, at any time when you're supporting birth, someone could say to you, "Actually, no. You can go now. Right. You don't have to be here." <laughs> and you can't push back and say, "No, no, no. I really want to." But, you know, for for that family to have like wanted me there and welcomed me there and turned to me and like you know, wanted support in that. It was really it, it felt I felt really, really lucky. Yeah, that's powerful and and mm-hmm. so needed, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd I'd imagine that support looked a lot different than yeah, kind of yeah, live birth. Yeah, it does. It does look a lot different. I mean, in in some ways, it's it's so it's a lot. It's it's so much of like negotiating these emotions that are really really big and constantly changing. Yeah. How, I mean, that's that's such a tough one. I I don't know about much training with that, like with loss support. Do you know if that exists? I would assume that it exists, but I don't think that, uh, yeah, it it exists. I just don't know where and in what shape. Okay, yeah. How did you prepare yourself for Do that? you mean law support for, for doulas or for... Yeah, yeah, for doulas yeah, yeah. to, like, yeah. learn how to be that. Because it's a whole different thing. It is a whole different thing. Um, yeah. I was listening to your episode with Koyuki and Birthing from Within and thinking about, like, how perhaps within that framework, like, how, how law support would show up. And I think that it would, like... I think that could be some place to turn to look for, yeah. Because their 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 just idea around birth is it's so spacious, right? Like for the, all the outcomes that I'm sure that they have a framework or a language or something there that could feel really su- supportive. I'm curious about it. Oh yeah, I would imagine. I'm gonna ask ask her actually. That seems. Yeah, that seems like a very, very possible. Yeah. I loved listening to that episode, by the way. Me, I love talking to her about it. It was so interesting. Um, I'd not, I had known nothing. I just had heard kind of like the hippie comments about it. And it's just uh, so much bigger and more interesting than I expected. Anything that Koyuki does is bound to be profoundly interesting. So yeah, she's I'm, such I'm a good always way to listening talk to what it. she. Yeah, <laughs> always here to listen to what whatever Koyuki has to say. She's doing the um, training for birthing professionals uh, May twelfth, I think. I think I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I know. She actually told me about it, but I can't make it. I'm gonna have to do another one. Yeah, it seems. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to yeah. to get to do it. Yeah. Um, do you, have you had the chance to do many more like doula education things? I want, I've done several. I haven't done something in the last year and a half or so. And I, I'm in need of it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> like I, I got super excited about hearing Koyuki and her birthing from within work and I'm going to do some, um, find a way to, um, participate in a training with her 
probably by the end of the year. Yeah. Or maybe even I'm thinking, I haven't talked to her about this yet, but maybe organizing something for for your birth. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but I love professional development. Like, like I think that they're so important. Yeah. <laughs> Any opportunity to, to learn new skills, hear new people. I love it. And that's, I think, one of the coolest things about doula work as a profession is that it's just constantly growing. And mm-hmm. there's so many different things you can tack on to it. It's kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is it's yeah true. it's um yeah I don't know it's it. <laughs> it's cool but um yeah I mean I I would love to just know like what your what your plans are with for your birth with that being said like how how do you see that growing professionally I yeah I see for your birth continuing to grow like to continuing to have a larger client pool and um, more doulas doing work that feels meaningful and fulfilling. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just want, I want to keep talking about birth options for folks and doula care and childbirth education options. Um, I want to write about it. I want to speak at conferences. I want to I want to really hold this work up as meaningful, valuable, and important to all birthing people. Amazing. I love that. I'm excited. I'm excited for where things are going and, you know, being able to reach so many people. It's so great that you've had so many opportunities to be like publicly speaking about this. Yeah. Thanks. It It makes makes such an impact. I think so too. I mean, you just, if one more person in in the day learns about this option, then that's huge. It's so big. I just, I come from this from the point of view that like learning about this changed my life. It's so, um, the potential for some, yeah, the the potential for someone else is, is out there. And it's, it's really sad when you hear the opposite, which is had I known this could have, perhaps changed my life or made a huge impact. And I don't want people to come from that deficit model, like get it now and move forward with the information in like a big spacious way, not from a lacking deficit. I've been thinking about, um, I mean, like sex ed, I talk a lot about that with people is like what your sex ed was like. And uh um, so I'd love to hear that. But also I, I do think that that's something that, you know, starting to talk about like birth and those options and like having good care, even at that age is helpful, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, like giving actual comprehensive sex ed to kids throughout the years that they know how their bodies work and what they're capable of and that they're not afraid of birth and just these natural processes that are going to happen throughout their lives as they grow, then we could actually meet them earlier. (laughs) Oh, I love that you're asking this question about sex ed, because it's making me think that I should go back to my sex ed teacher, like look her up. I remember her name. Her name was Mrs. Ross. And (laughs) she, I think she really planted an early seed within me. She was a phenomenal teacher. Like she was so good at teaching sex ed. She was so frank and open to all sorts of questions. She shared her personal reproductive stories with us. Um, and she made that class so 
interesting and fun and made kids curious, but also really informed us, but not in a scariest way, a scary way. And where I went to school in Los Angeles, we had sex ed in seventh grade and in 10th grade. And I had that, my, my school was, went from grade six to grade 12. And I had that teacher twice and she was really, really amazing. That sounds amazing. That's rare. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. And I I think it's just that I was, I got sex ed during a time before it was pulled out of school. Yeah. Oh, that's Um, true. And in a state where, like, pretty liberal. Yeah, it's, um, it's been really interesting to hear people's stories. I do find, um, people that are like slightly older than me had a better experience and then most people my age just like didn't have it or mm-hmm. um had really really limited versions oh, of yeah. it yeah no when I had it in California kids could get condoms in schools <laughs> like really yeah there's just like jars in the health office and you could dip your hand in pull them out that's how without, it should be yeah um and... You can't even get tampons. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. It really is. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like th- that's just not told. And, no. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm talking to, you know, the fifth vital sign. Have you no. heard about them? No. They're they're doing sex ed. It's a doula and a nurse um, from. They're based in New York, but um, they they did like a trip around the country teaching free sex ed, uh-huh. uh, which I think is super cool. But so um, cool. one of the things that they've talked about is just that a lot of people, especially adults, are under the assumption that like we're too old to ask the questions, but we still just don't know, and so we're just making assumptions about our health. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is crazy. And I've continued to learn all the things that I don't know that I keep learning. Um, it's just interesting Yeah, (laughs) where that is. Yeah. Hopefully we can fill those gaps as well as part of the doula work. Yes. Yes. So much work to be done, Kaylee. I know there's endless. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I think I have asked all my questions. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. No, I'm just really grateful for your podcast. It's super, super exciting. I'm excited for you. Um, really glad that you're doing this. And I can't wait to see where it goes. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, pleasure. Um, and where could people find out more about For Your Birth? At for your birth, F-O-R, your birth.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at for your birth NYC. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Kaylee. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you loved hearing from Naima as much as I did. I just wanted to let you know how you can get in touch um, if you'd like. So foryourbirth.com, also foryourbirth on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you're interested in a childbirth education classes, you can go to the events 
portion of the website, there's a bunch of listed childbirth ed classes. As well, M Michelle just recently launched a childbirth education for the queer family class, which is so amazing and so exciting. There's another one on June 16th. If you're interested, get in touch. Um, we'll get you all set up for your birth. Thanks for listening. Let me know if you have any thoughts.